people, we are all the way up here. You know what it is? It's your boys on the faction. <laughs> we have an incredible show for you today. We will represent the culture. We will talk wrestling, but we also are going to talk to the founder in huh, the beginning of the faction. Father Jackson and Jordan, Mr. Southern Honor Wrestler Commentator, Mr. GB, how are you? Man, you know what? Uh, it's funny. Last week was one of the few weeks that we didn't do a show, quite frankly, because there's so much going on. So We should to, actually talk about why we didn't do a show. I think that would be great. Well, listen, my plan for today's show is going to be about that. So there are some folks who may or may not tune in at the rest. We'll live. They'll live. Um, but how am I? I'm okay. I think uh, I have <sighs> enough energy to come in and do this. And so here I am. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm with you. We found the energy to do this show, yes. amongst other things that we've been doing. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a smile on our face, but our heart is definitely with the rest of our friends, brothers, and sisters yes. of all color in America yes. who are out protesting uh, senseless murders and all those things. But yet we're here smiling. We're attempting to do our job. We're attempting yes. to be professional, and we'll do the best we can. So normally we'd have a lot of fun lead-in, um, but I want to spend as much time as we can dialoguing about kind of the issues of the day and their relevance to pro wrestling. Um, so historically, pro wrestling has tried to serve as the escape um, from everything else, as we saw, or as we're seeing really in 2020, you know, uh, pro wrestling has done their best to be the escape from COVID-19 the escape from a pandemic, the escape from, you know, unemployment, even though certainly WWE saw quite a bit of folks getting hit with that. And so now here we are in the last week and a half, two weeks, dealing with uh, racial injustice and the like. There are lots of places for us to go. Um, I want to start, let's see. Let's see if we can give our well, no, I don't even want to do that yet. I'll just say this. I'll say each of us individually have spoken out about this on our individual uh, social media feeds. Uh, Courtney has an incredible video on Facebook that at last count is like at 12 or 13,000 views, um, you know, which is amazing. I thought I was doing something because at one point mine hit 3,000. It's almost at six now, but it ain't Courtney. So <laughs> it's funny. Courtney has got the super polished version, uh, which is the more SmackDown version. I've got the more raw version. Raw version, right. But uh, either way, they're both amazing if you want to kind of check out our perspectives individually on some things. But I want to ask this question. Uh, should pro wrestling talk about racism and injustice? Let's start there. Uh, when you talk about wrestling, uh, I, I hate to have to talk about WWE, but they are the front runners. It's tough to talk about football without mentioning the NFL, and it's hard to talk about NBA. When you mention basketball, no one's mentioning, mentioning the big three first. They're always talking to NBA, then big three, and whatever goes from there. You often start with the largest voice, with the largest microphone, then the largest platform. Because of that, I would say that it was this past year on MLK Day, Martin Luther King Day, which WWE has historically done a great job putting together some type of package that represents uh, the work and the walk of Dr. King. 
This year on Twitter, we had a surprise when one Vincent Kennedy McMahon stated that MLK is his hero. Now, here's the truth of the matter that Martin Luther King in 2020 would often not be supported by those who call him a hero. They would often think that he's a race baiter. They would think that he's making the conversation uncomfortable. But yet, Vince McMahon states that he is my hero. If Vince McMahon's hero is Martin Luther King, then I am uh, probably misunderstanding which MLK, maybe he's talking about uh, Malcolm Levante Kennedy or somebody like that as the MLK because Vince McMahon has been yet silent on his Twitter feed, which he's been uh, prone to post things for Memorial Day. He did happen to retweet what Stephanie McMahon stated about Titus uh, O'Neill having a very uncomfortable conversation on racism. When we interviewed on this show, Mark Henry, a friend of the show, he talked about the travesty of racism in the professional wrestling business. If you ever want to get caught up on that, Mark Henry is a walking almanac when it comes to racism and professional wrestling. So do we have to have the conversation? Here's my question. Has wrestling tried to stay relevant to the culture? And if they have, then racism is relevant to today's culture. So to bypass it, you may not be speaking about it on your shows, but your wrestlers are tweeting about it in their private Twitter. One, Christopher Jerome Jericho. I'm aware that I jumped the gun, GB. But Christopher Jerome Jericho, who I've talked about on the show previously, tweeted earlier this week, if not yesterday, all lives matter under a relevant tweet that said, Black Lives Matter. So even if wrestling won't show its hand on the storylines presented on television, you are showing your hand on your Twitter feed. So wrestling does not have to talk about racism. It's already talked about racism. You know, it's funny because I think we both were looking to see if Vince or WWE would make a formal statement. Uh, you're right. Vince did uh, retweet Stephanie's tweet about uh, Titus O'Neil and his conversation with Batista and the uh, police officers there in Tampa. You can see that on Titus's uh, Instagram feed. But WWE has made a statement, and their statement says, uh, quote, WWE supports an inclusive society and condemns racial injustice. We stand behind our Black performers, employees, and fans around the world and encourage everyone to use their voice to speak out against racism. We offer our sincere condolences to the family of George Floyd and the families of countless others who have lost their lives due to senseless violence. Um, let me ask you this question, though. Is it too little too late? I mean, this George Floyd stuff really kicked off the top of last week. We've had protests all across this country now over the last five close to six days. Um, we've seen all sorts of activity, peaceful protests, uh, violent protests, wrestlers speaking out, which we'll get to some of their specific comments in a second. But is WWE too little too late with this particular statement happening right now? Imagine, if you will, one Jim Ross calling WWE card and him uh, calling the card of Undertaker in Mankind. Uh, it, it, is that where he called he's broken in half? Is that he the, did say the, that. Is that the, okay? Yes. Imagine, now that match did not end the night. Correct. What the final match was on that card? The final match on that card, oddly enough, was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kane. Uh, in a Hell in a Cell, first, well, in a first blood match, it turned into a Hell in a Cell match. Imagine Undertaker and Man Mick Foley fighting, and later during the Austin match, Jim Ross yells, my God, mankind's broken in half in the middle of their match. 
you're asking yourself, where did that come from? That call should have been made matches ago. WWE made a call matches too late. Buildings have been burned. More people have been arrested. Now, George Floyd was tragically killed and murdered on video on the 25th. I'd like to take you to the fact that one Stephanie McMahon, Vince McMahon, many others did not post anything for days. Not the 25th, not the 26th, not the 27th, not the 28th, not the 29th. It took all the way. My question is, with you specializing in looking at TVs and cameras and screens all day as a WWE executive, you watched the same footage we saw. You saw a murder like we saw a murder. What took you so long to call the match? Well, I think we can answer what took them so long. I'm going to try to save my answer for that um, for a little bit. But I think there are some things that are pretty evident and clear. Uh, as we can see with some of the wrestlers who have spoken out and made statements, um, we've heard from a little bit of everybody. Um, on the WWE side, uh, there were statements from Jackson Riker from the Forgotten Sons that garnered a lot of response from Kevin Owens, uh, Mustafa <laughs> Ali, a lot of other folks who have uh, had a uh, statement or two. <laughs> Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash. Well, Kevin Nash had a great response to Chris Jericho. Ke Kevin, Kevin Nash is taking no prisoners. Listen, you know, and so what I think we'll do is just kind of share a statement or two um, so that you guys are aware if you, if you don't know um, what's been happening. This is all so very intriguing to me. To see and shout out Tony Khan, who was late, but when, but when he jumped in, he jumped all the way in. Well, okay, so let's, let's, let's go there. Tony Khan. Tony Khan jumps in. Of course, if you guys don't know, Tony Khan is one of the uh, owners and uh, financial folks behind AEW. There was a, a tweet that came out from Linda Hogan, the uh, ex-wife of Hulk Hogan, who says, quote, watching the looting, it's all Afro-Americans. Not sure Afro-Americans. Which right there, you could have canceled her ticket to the picnic. Um, <laughs> not sure how robbing and stealing set the record straight. But if they want to be heard, they need to be civilized. And Tony Khan responds, you've now joined your husband in being banned from all AEW shows. Congratulations. Um, let's spend some time talking about that because I had no idea and obviously he's referring to Hulk Hogan, that Hogan had been banned from AEW shows. What kind of statement do you think it makes for Tony Khan to so publicly respond like that <laughs> to Linda Hogan? It is him saying that I don't care how much legacy is in your bloodline. We don't play that. Homie, don't play that a la in living color. And this was in living color. Mm -hmm. Tony Khan drew a line in the sand. See, for me, it's not just what you post. It's also who you'll take the task. You posting could be trendy. But when you get into the comments, now you're, now you're deciding to come down and protest. Now you're deciding to fight because you're speaking against someone else's voice, which is really shocking for Linda Hogan 
because Linda Hogan has had her own set of trials and tribulations within her own family as people have died at the hands of. So as much as she has wanted sympathy and we've heard her crying and all that stuff, I'm actually shocked that she can't sympathize with those and she's choosing to acknowledge the riots and the looting and not the injustice that started it. So staying in the AEW vein, Cody Rhodes was actually asked on Twitter by a fan. He said, quote, when are the black talent in your company going to be treated like main event stars? Do you feel, do you believe in the hashtag all lives matter? And what is AEW doing to make sure that their black fans feel valued? Uh, his response, Cody it was that one of our first champions was a black man, referencing uh, Scorpio Sky. We have the only black executive in wrestling as part of our core infrastructure as well. Our fans are beyond valued. I'd encourage you to watch my interview from this past week where I spoke directly to the viewer at home. And a little aside for those watching at home, we are still in the pandemic era of wrestling. Broadway is dark. Wrestlers are without our greatest asset, the fan. But you give us two hours of your time every Wednesday night. If you can see me, I'm looking right at you. You bought this pay-per-view in mass. You blew projections away. It is my obligation to give you the best. So follow me, because this, this is where the fun begins. Thank you, Tony. And then All Elite was called out by former GCW world champion AJ Gray, who said the following, quote, how are you going to preach diversity, yet you won't hire black wrestlers who are equally talented, if not more talented? And now you won't stand up for black people's human rights. I'm all the way good on going to Jacksonville. So let's have this conversation since we're talking about AEW. What do you think about what Cody said uh, to this fan? And do you see or think that there's any credence to what the former GCW world champion AJ Gray had to say? Uh, oh, AJ Gray, thank you for speaking out. Uh, I, listen, I, I'm aware everybody is not going to be uh, as loud or as outspoken. Uh, I, I'm giving Cody a pass, and perhaps that could be a, a detriment of mine. I'm giving Cody a pass because he's proven not to be his older brother. His older brother, to me, is all lives matter all day. Mm -hmm. Cody, who's married to a sister, uh, has, has, to me, often represented uh, people of color. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if, if Dusty were alive, say Dusty would definitely be Black Lives Matter. Absolutely. You know, can you imagine Dusty, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, getting the microphone at a protest, mm -hmm. saying there ought to be some clubbing and rioting and looting to make sure that black people can get ahead, if you will. Yeah. You see, and, and, so, and so I believe that that same nature that runs through the American dream runs through Dusty and runs through Cody Rhodes. Couldn't nobody say Cody like that. No, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. And Cody Rhodes. <laughs> and so I believe, look at what Cody has said. We, not, we may not have the wrestler that you want, but we have something a little bit deeper, which is an executive who can speak to the plight at any time and has the power 
to make a difference. Now, if you will, I'm uncertain if WWE has an African-American executive at the top. As a matter of fact, how many times are we going to see our friend Titus O'Neil paraded in front of us Mm. as Mm. the piece? And Titus is a friend. You know Mm -hmm. Titus is a friend. Titus, we want you on the show. Mm -hmm. But how many times are we going to see Titus paraded? They all going to give the mic to Mark Henry. Yeah. Mark Henry uncensored. And let's see what he says. Well, how, shout out Randall Keith Orton, mm-hmm. who I have taken to task in the past for some of his more racist statements. I want to know what changed Randall Keith. Randall uh, Keith has had a whole life change. Well, I think his life change had everything to do with his wife change. Amen and praise the Lord. Well, it's well, funny well, how well. when you get a little color in your coffee that... Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, our tunes change. Get a little merv in your swerve. I'm just saying. You get know. a little yarn in your barn. <laughs> just get a little go in your yo. Listen. So, you know, I, I will say this. In reference to AEW, I really am not sure what AJ Gray is referring to, considering I Yeah, me, me neither. Be, because... You look at Scorpio Sky, who is uh, one half of the inaugural AEW World Tag Team Champions. In the same said tournament, you look at a team like Private Party, who defeated the Young Bucks in round one of the tournament. I mean, of yeah, course. Yeah, it's so. so this to so, me makes so no I sense. I don't want us to reach. I don't want us to reach. And I feel like there are moments. When, 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 when guys, uh, oh God, man, I, I gotta be so careful because there are so many friends of the show. Yeah. You, you know, guys, don't, don't let your mental wherewithal take you further than the argument needs to go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I said that as careful as I could. You said it well. I think also about Big Swole, you know, who is uh, on the female side of things. You have Big Swole, you've got Brandy, you know, for a while you had Awesome Kong, um, you know, and then if we're talking diversity, the world champion is currently from, matter of fact, let's look at the, the women's world champions. Your first one and your current were both from Japan. The middle one was a transgender Native American. Yeah. So to so, me, <clears throat> I just, I don't understand. Hey. AEW, you know, we, we, we have to focus, you know, there are those people who just want to burn the whole thing down. The whole thing doesn't need to be burned down. And I, I'll tell you who's on the front lines more than anybody, and I'm giving him his credit. Jimmy Cornette. Well, and, and Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy Cornette. See, Jimmy Cornette is not a racist. Jimmy just doesn't understand the times sometimes. But mm-hmm. it's in moments like this when I don't want Jim to understand the times because Jim just says crazy stuff that makes a ton of sense. So I want to ask you that. Speaking of Jim Cornette, Jim Cornette um, made a statement uh, in regards to Wendy's. So Wendy's, it came out that uh, I believe the owner of Wendy's or somebody connected to Wendy's. A owner. A owner. One, one of the owner of, of a few okay. franchises. We got to... I want to be clear with that. Um, Donated something like $400,000 to Donald Trump's campaign. Uh, Jim Cornette went on to Twitter and said, I'll say as much as I can. uh, Okay, Wendy's, I stuck (laughs) with you for 43 years during changes in fries and pickles and patties and all the rest. But giving money to help reelect this orange person in the White House. 
uh, stick your burgers up his keister. Um, and uh, so you see Jim Cornette, obviously, who's been very anti-Trump, um, who has also had issues over time in terms of commentary that's happened in the NWA, et cetera, et cetera. But certainly- And I believe only because he's not updated his manuscript. That's why. Yeah, I, I will say that. So I want to ask this question because this is where things get really sticky. Jim Cornette is talking about pulling his support of Wendy's because of their support of Trump and what Trump is obviously doing uh, right now in the country. What then should we as wrestling fans do when it comes to wrestlers or organizations who certainly may not appear to be in direct support of the causes that are true to us. Let me start with wrestlers because for the stance that Tony Khan has taken, you also have the former AEW champion uh, tweeting and, and posting on Instagram, hashtag all lives matter, to which Kevin Nash uh, kindly reminded him, but it's the black ones that are being killed, black lives matter. Um, you know, the situation with Jackson Riker and some of the crazy things that he has said, uh, which I may pull out his Facebook post from a year ago. Because I think you have to. His Facebook post from a year ago uh, really was super, super telling. So a lot of this stuff started with him uh, on the Twitter side where he praised uh, Donald Trump for uh you know all that trump is doing in this country um but if you go back to his uh facebook post from over a year ago well let's start with his facebook post from a year ago says this it's july 2019 and it says quote pretty touchy subject but all this black lives matter garbage baffles me I challenge anyone of any color or race to go watch 12 Years a Slave, the movie, and realize how good you all actually have it. Learn heritage. Christ, Gandhi, Buddha, they all taught love and caring for others. This is getting out of hand. I pray for this nation daily. That's what he said July of 2019. And what he said on June 1st on uh, Twitter was thankful for the president of the United States that we have. God bless America, built off of freedom, forgotten no more. <sighs> My hope is that he gets booked on Monday in a match with New Jack. And prior to the show, he goes to New Jack to ask, what shall we do? And when New Jack begins to start talking, Kobe walks away. And disrespects mm -hmm. New Jack. And then we all know what happens in the ring. Mm -hmm. We do. Very, very, very ter terrible things. Bad things. The, the, the biggest of the baddest. The biggest of the baddest things. The, the, the most, the most, uh, 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 the, the most, you know, gruesome things happen. Uh, it, it's guys like him. That mindset runs throughout the thread of professional wrestling. And he's, he doesn't stand alone. Uh, there are some African-American wrestlers who we should take the task. Everybody's not a Pete Dunne. Everybody's Correct. not a Kevin Nash. Mm -hmm. Everybody's not a Randall Keith. 
Everybody's, Everybody's not Kevin a Owens. Sammy Zane. Sammy. Sammy who put out a scathing. Can we talk about Sam, uh, Sammy Zane? Absolutely. Sammy, Sammy Zane took them to task. He did. He did. And he and did so, a beautiful job. And so Sam, you know, Sammy's been protesting about COVID. So you know he's gonna stand up about this. Mm-hmm. And uh what 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 what's her name? Candace Michelle? Yes. Jesus, help us, Lord. Mm-hmm. So, they, they, listen, it's a divided case in wrestling. But what I don't understand is how are you just not sensitive to the times? You don't even have the wherewithal to be sensitive to the time, which proves to me the privilege that you walk in. Yeah. And Vince McMahon's silence is lending your support to the oppressor. Well, I should also say, because this is interesting too, um, Jackson Riker doesn't even have solidarity within his own tag team because his tag team partner, Steve Cutler, tweeted, quote, although I am part of a tag team while I wrestle, I am my own person with my own thoughts and beliefs. It pains me to see what's going on in the world. I fought for the freedom of our country and all of the people who live here. It shouldn't matter your race or however you identify. We are all human beings and all deserve to be free and all deserve to be equal. Hashtag justice for George Floyd. He tweeted that on Tuesday. Um, And so there's not... Uh, there's certainly not uniformity even within some of these tag teams, which I can say I have a great appreciation for because quite frankly, I'm not sure how I would react if there were multiple people uh, on the same tag team. But I will say this. I don't know if you've noticed it, but whenever these days, um, and it's been going on for like three weeks now, whenever the Forgotten Sons on WWE – um are are on television they go on and there's a statement that goes in front of them basically their thoughts and ideas are all their own we're like it's wwe already distancing themselves uh, yeah. from yeah, what well, these guys it, it, are saying it's smart because we realize what forgotten sons is supposed to represent mm-hmm. we we knew that they, they they are if you will the very opposite of the uh oh man what was the the nation of domination yeah. Uh, the tension is, is that that is a very dangerous line to blur. Mm-hmm. That will man. cost you because people are dying yes. based upon this person that you are portraying to be. This is not the Iron Sheik. I'm from yeah. Iran. Hot Pui. Right. This is real. This is today. Well, and even in those times, we were in the Cold War not an actual war you know they built off of uh they played on nationalism but also during that time too you had a colonel de beers in the awa who was very vocal about being a a friend for apartheid and and these types of things during the 80s you still had people painting in blackface aka roddy piper you know, so you had that these sucks, kinds of I love people. Roddy Viper. Yeah, you know what I mean? You you had Greg Valentine calling the junkyard dog a monkey. You know, you, you had these kinds of things happening. We were talking about Sami Zayn. Shout out to Sami Zayn, uh, Sami Zayn, who tweeted the following. He said, the rules of oppression are the same 
whether it's in Gaza or Syria or in Birmingham or Minneapolis. Violent protest is unacceptable. Peaceful protest is unacceptable. The only acceptable recourse, it seems, is to shut up and take it and be grateful for whatever you get. He then tweets this. He says, since everyone is paying attention right now, I highly suggest watching Ava DuVernay's brilliant documentary, 13th, on Netflix tonight. It will give you a much clearer idea on how America got to this point and why people are marching in the streets right now. He then goes on to say, I love the simplicity and ironically enough, the honesty of pro wrestling. In pro wrestling, if I torment you for years, insult you, spit on you, humiliate you, and physically attack you until you eventually had enough and you beat me up, I'm still the bad guy who had it coming. And in response to what Jackson Riker said, uh, where he said, thankful, thankful for the president of the United States we have, Sami Zayn said uh, the country was literally built on oppression, not built on freedom. <laughs> His final tweet to that says this. It's a quote from Zappa. And he says, quote, the illusion of freedom will continue as long as it's profitable to continue. At the Come point on, man. the illusion becomes too expensive, they will just take down the scenery, they will pull back the curtains, and you will see the brick wall at the back of the theater. He then says this. The government reaction sums up the problem to begin with. Sammy had time. Listen, Sammy's got time. He said brute force, military, and riot police on folks protesting racial inequality in justice system. Uh, zero effort to hear pleas, acknowledge problems that got us here, or take legislative action. They'd rather do this than change. Sammy Zane, ladies and gentlemen. Sammy Zane. <sighs> You and, know, and should I? That's add, how you use your, your platform. Should I add the same Sami Zayn who was stripped of the Intercontinental Championship because he chose to sit at home for COVID nineteen? Uh, I, I'll shout out one more person because to me, this is how you use your privilege and your platform when you're a second generation, even though you haven't made it to what they consider the big dance. Mm -hmm. uh, Brian Pillman Jr. Brian Pillman Jr. is in these DMs. Brian yeah. Pillman Jr. is in these comments. Yeah. Brian Pillman Jr. is even saying, hey, while I'm fighting, keep educating me, guys. I want to share stories. And he's not doing a Dustin, just sharing. It. Listen, guys, if, if you're just sharing a, a, a black hand and a white hand saying unity, you are missing the moment. There cannot right. be unity until there's understanding. Right. But when you say let's cry for unity, you're saying let's go over the tension of understanding. And let's just all start singing and dancing in harmony. The tension is that after we're done singing and dancing in harmony, we all take a lunch break. Who's going to come back? Right. So and Brian Pillman Jr. is using both his privilege and his platform. Yeah, it's, it's an absolutely beautiful thing. I want to ask this question because this is where things, to me, get dicey. Uh, we were talking earlier about Jim Cornette and his stance on not supporting Wendy's after 40 Jimmy Cornette. Because of their support of Donald Trump and what Donald Trump's presidency has meant to this country. It gets dicey because we have to ask ourselves this question now. Can we continue to support the WWE 
after their head man in charge, his wife has been part of Donald Trump's cabinet. He has been a known donor to Donald Trump. Donald Trump is in his hall of fame and was not removed even when Hogan was removed for his racist issues. Right. Can we or should we continue to support the WWE? Oh, that is the million dollar question right there. Uh, and I will tell you this, as much as I would like for us to say, <clears throat> we're not supporting WWE. The truth is for quarantine, most of us haven't been supporting WWE. We haven't been watching these empty uh, room wrestling matches, though AEW has been doing a great job of figuring out how to make it work. Uh, so many of us have not been supporting them, but yet our solidarity when it comes to the overall product, watching pay-per-views and watching other, I found myself watching more uh, behind the scenes things yesterday. I watched Shawn Michaels mm -hmm. uh, video on WWE uh, Network, not the free one, but the paid one. I mm -hmm. watched that uh, <laughs> yesterday. I know, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, as much as I'd like to say that we aren't, we are. It'll, it would be really trendy for us to say, that's it, we're, we're done with WWE. But the truth is that they've created so many memories, so many experiences, that it would be a very difficult untethering. Uh, it's like asking me, and here's a truth bomb, I still watch the Cosby show. I do. Do I still laugh? I do. Do I still enjoy a Bill, a Bill Cosby joke on Cosby show? I do. It's not the same level of travesty, though it is a destruction of lives. Uh, but I, I can't say at this point that I'm going to walk away. It's a sad truth. It's an uncomfortable truth. But it is the truth. I don't know if I'm going to walk away. You know, I, it, it's funny because it's when we get to questions like these that all of this stuff gets very, very real to us not that none of the rest of it isn't real because it is but you know for me the bill cosby cosby show situation is a little different than wwe because the cosby show as a show did not promote bill cosby's proclivities and so Richard. in my mind i can separate the cosby show from bill cosby even though the names on there in this are the same bill cosby's not playing bill cosby he's playing heathcliff huxtable and heathcliff huxtable is a family man heathcliff, Hux heathcliff, heathcliff Hux huxtable jesus is uh, a, a doctor <clears throat> um, his wife is a lawyer for those of us in the african-american culture in the 80s prior to that the best images we saw on television were the Jeffersons. You know, uh, we were moving on up, but, you know, there was only one person who was an entrepreneur. We didn't have a doctor and a lawyer and uh, a daughter who graduated college and another daughter going to college and two kids or three kids being really pushed to do their absolute best in school. We didn't have that image, which then produced a different world, which certainly uh, heavily impacted my collegiate career and my decision to attend an HBCU. So that's how I can differentiate supporting the Cosby Show and WWE. I personally feel like um, as African-Americans, I can understand, I, I understand the difficulty in trying to make some degree of separation from WWE. Um, 
I do feel at the very least we need to make some demands on WWE. I've, I believe that a number of us have given WWE our money, our time, our attention for yep. many, many years. And for them to wait so late to make a statement. For yeah. them, I mean, we've seen other shows and other entities make very strong statements very, very soon about this. For WWE to take so long and yet be so determined to bring us uh, activity during quarantine, but yet shirk responsibility. See, I have a problem with you saying, uh, like you said, uh, Martin Luther King is your hero, but you won't fight for what he fought for. I have a hard time when you have the largest wrestling company in the world, but you have no African-American executives. You have no African-American uh, presence in your leadership team at yeah. all. You know, yeah. it's amazing to me that a new company like AEW can boast the only African-American executive in pro wrestling. That yeah. is an amazing thought. Yeah, virtually. And not to virtue. mention she's a female. Yes. So I find it hard to believe that with so many African-Americans who have contributed to the success of the WWE, that you would then not feel like our fan base is important enough. And that's because there's conflicted loyalties. Let me just say it now. Well, there we go. That, that's the truth. There's conflicted loyalties. You can't say you're loyal to me and be loyal to my oppressor at the same time. And so I think either WWE has to make a decision or those of us who are African-American fans have to make a decision and have to make some demands. Yeah. You know? I, 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 I would definitely agree with that. And I think that you are onto something that is a truth that we know is a reckoning that is coming. It, there is. There is. And, you know, I just think to myself, would Jackson Riker have felt as comfortable saying the things he said publicly if there were still no. fans in the arena? Absolutely no. not. No. You know he, I mean? he, he'd, he'd, he'd be booed off the, uh, off the, off the uh, pages Listen. if fans were still there. Well, see, and that's one thing that we know, that fans have power. It was the fans that caused the fabulous Moolah Battle Royal to be renamed the Women's WrestleMania Battle Royal. Man. You know, it's the fans who have been very vocal. And that's why I say for every fan who's listening, and I don't mean just African-American fans, wrestling fans, we are yes. people too. And we yes. should be outraged at the fact that there was a company who has willingly taken our, our $9.99 a month or whatever we spent on tickets or whatever we spent on merch, they have taken that and they will yeah. gladly fund Donald Trump. They will gladly keep Donald Trump in their Hall of Fame, even though they won't mention. That you think that because you don't mention him, we don't know he's yeah. there. Yeah. We yeah, know he's but, there. But, but, but we see the pictures come out of the White House with them. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. You know, so as much as you try to hide that, we can't hide that. So I think, you know, as fans, if we don't want to get rid of the WWE, at the very least, we need to make demands on them and say, you will acknowledge what we deal with and you won't wait two weeks before you do it. You won't wait to see the temperature of the land or to figure out how we can make this statement and still be cool with our Hall of Fame president. Correct. 
Correct. Something has to be done. Now, I'm not telling the employees of WWE to walk off. I'm, I'm no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> it's how you're getting your paycheck, etc. But I think and COVID because of COVID, we've seen more African American wrestlers on on television. We have. Um, and and we don't. So even the have question to argue. is, will you keep that same energy when COVID's over, well, or see, we're coming is, out of social? But this is the problem, though. The problem with all of it is, we were available. And because yeah. we were available, you sat us in those positions. When COVID yeah. is over, will you still sit, think the same thing? And we still haven't gotten to the bigger problem. So, yes, yeah. there are more we, we were We were backstage. We just weren't booked. There it is. And not just that, but the fact that we still don't have an African-American world champion outside of Kofi Kingston, whose reign was ended in eight seconds. You know, we don't, and, and, and more importantly, why aren't we in the boardroom? Why aren't we at the executive space? I think it's time for us as fans to start making demands. It's not enough for you to entertain me. I need to be represented in these types of spaces because if there's yeah. representation, then it becomes much harder for you to ignore my plight. And let me tell you this, Vince understands racism because of the way they built the road to WrestleMania with one Kofi Kingston. He and the way they built it. Remember the way they built it, though, with Booker T and Triple H. Exactly. They understand. And so he, he understands it because the, he knew it's New Orleans. Mm -hmm. He knows what's on the line. Well, actually, it was, in New, it was in New York when that happened, which makes it, it even more York? significant. Okay, it was, it, it was in New York. So he totally understood what was on the line. Absolutely. So he understands. So when I hear... This silence, and notice what I said when I hear this silence. When I hear that, you're speaking loud. Very loud. Very loud. So it'll be interesting to see what this does. I know this was a slightly different discussion for you guys, but the truth of it is there is no way you can watch us on video, see our faces, and we not talk about this. I know for some, you just want to talk about wrestling. This is in the context of wrestling because this impacts every arena of our lives. And we've not shied away. We've talked about these kinds of things before here on the yeah. show. So uh, I hope you didn't find it offensive. If you did, let's have some conversations. Um, but it's a conversation that needs to be had because everybody wants to go back to normal. If you did, hapui. <laughs> but I don't think there is a normal anymore. It's all being There's not a normal. redefined. Everything and, uh, that we know has been, is being reshaped. Yeah, and rightfully so, and rightfully so. All right, we're going to get out of here, guys. I really hope that you guys enjoyed um, what we've talked about today. It's been a special show. It's a necessary show. Again, we each have individual uh, thoughts on all of this that we've shared on our individual uh, social media spots. So if you're unfamiliar, here's how you can reach out to us in those ways. Courtney, how can they reach you? Hey, hit me on Instagram at I am Courtney Beard on Instagram, Courtney Beard on Facebook. We're having the conversation. I want to have it with you. They are amazing conversations. And I'm telling you, I so support what he's doing. Uh, he has an amazing voice for this generation and people Thank really you, need man. to hear it. Um, and of course, you can reach out to me at Bonnerfide um, on all aforementioned platforms. Uh, we have some things that are there as well in terms of conversations that we're having um, that I hope you guys will find enlightening as well. And of course, you can reach out to uh, our good brother, Brandon Clack. Um, at Brandon J. Clack on all those platforms. And our fourth horseman, John Murray. Fight Zoe Fight. Yes. Hashtag Fight Zoe Fight. 
Uh, that's where he is right now. And obviously, uh, keep on fighting, Zoe. We love you. And uh, shout out to our fourth member, John Murray, as well. You can reach him at John Murray. So then, until next time, it's your man GB, representing from my good brother, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, John Murray. Collectively, we are the Faction. I my people